It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble. That continued when I got to Canada, but just with different sports, watching, watching the local teams. And so, of course, when you're in the mid-70s in Saskatchewan, the, the riders were even more of the entertainment option than they are today. And uh, I got connected with the CFL by watching my beloved riders. A third down gamble, quick kick. Big signings in Tigertown, Banks, Lawrence. Quarterbacks take pay cuts. Lots to talk about. Welcome to Quick Kicks, everybody. Good to be here. I'm Don Charbon, and with me tonight is Pat Mooney and Heath Graham, the usual cast of characters. Hope you're doing well. Great to be back. It is good to be back and uh, lots of exciting things to talk about. I'm looking forward to our conversation this week. It should be a good one. We've got a lot to talk about. We are, I guess, in the middle of the free agent pre-frenzy, if you can describe it that way. We've uh, certainly seen a flurry of activity since our last program and a big flurry in the last five days. Boy, we ever it's hot and heavy now. It's uh, it's coming close to the free agent period, so teams are signing fast and furious right now. And I go back to Heath's point from last year in 2020 when he said, "You got to play the market. Do you want to be first in when there's money available, or do you want to wait and see if need outweighs the the cost?" And I think we're seeing the benefits of that now. There's a lot of guys that are jumping in, getting the money where they can. There's certainly some big names still out on the board, but a lot of guys have wanted the um, security of getting a, a contract in and getting ready to go. For sure. Let's start with those Montreal Alouettes. They are certainly a question mark in my mind in terms of where they're going to be and what they're going to do. Kahari Jones came out uh, today, which a day of that we're recording, and said that the Alouettes probably won't be big players in the free agent market, which means that they're probably trying to be happy with who they've got on the roster and who they're bringing back. One of the things we talked about previously with Montreal, obviously Adams is a big star quarterback and wide receivers were important for them to get on, on contract. And they did get uh, Dante Absher and, and Alford signed. There's some other wide receivers still out there. Quan Bray hasn't signed yet. And the big question mark for me on offense is who's going to be running the ball other than Adams? That is a legitimate question. I think we're going to broach that with a couple of other teams as well. I don't think Quan Bray's coming back unless his legal troubles are finished. And maybe they are. But uh, I, I don't profess to know that much about it. But Quan Bray probably isn't going to be back with the Alouettes this year. When you look at the two running backs on the team that, that they had, James Wilder and Tyrell Sutton, I'm not sure that anyone's going to be coming back in that sense. You go back to Shivers when he was general manager in Saskatchewan, says running backs are a dime a dozen, and it might be time for them to explore someone new. I'm not a big fan of the dime a dozen philosophy. I think if you've got a, a back that you trust, then I think you keep that back. You've got Harris in Winnipeg who's re-signed. Let's go back to a few years ago. I mean, you had George Reed, you had Charles Roberts, you had... Mike Pringle, Montreal. Go up and down the ladder. There's always a quality back out there that will be a franchise player. There is. I'm not sure Montreal has that in place right now, I guess. So that's why I'm thinking they may be looking to see if they can find one. I think, though, that they're doing all right. They signed Wenneke now. They've still got to 
decide what they're going to do with Taylor Loeffler at Anak Moamba. Do they want to go after him still? They got Shaq Murray Lawrence. So there's a few names that are still kicking around. And of course, John Bowman, is he coming back? One of the interesting things for Montreal in my mind was right out of the gate, they were quick to sign a lot of guys back and they've really slowed down since. I mean, in the last couple of weeks, there hasn't been much movement. And then I know they did get uh, Jake Wynicke signed, I believe today as well, but uh, they came out of the gate hot and have kind of slowed right down to a crawl and we'll see what they're working on and, and who's next. It's a great question that the Alouette's general manager has to answer for himself is who of this team that got us into the playoffs last year are that important to us that we need them back and who among them is expendable and that's going to be ultimately any general manager's question mark that they have to work through along with the coach is what room do we have to move Montreal's already sort of outlined that they don't want to go hard on free agency that means that they're probably going to be some more signings from their players that they still have exclusive negotiation rights with one of the only ways that I see them being active is uh, Hinak Mwamba. If he's not signed, I think they need to find a Canadian linebacker, and there's some that are still on the board in other teams as well. So if those Canadian linebackers make it to the free agency period, that might be where Montreal either you know gets Hinak to return or else puts a bid in on someone else. I'd be surprised that he's not back because he was the guy wearing the jersey first when they introduced the new look and I kind of think he's a leader on that team I don't think you ever give up on leaders you always try to get them as part of your uh, troop as you enter the field because those are the guys that people rally around does he have a number in mind though when Montreal hasn't come close to that yet and he's willing to hang on and see who else might be floating some extra cash his way something that I think he probably is countenancing he has bet on himself in the past and if uh, that's the case this time, more power to him if he winds up with a better contract. But I kind of thought, reading from what I could from his uh, commentary from 2019, was that Montreal was kind of going to be home. We'll see. The other thing that Montreal does have going for them is they were an exciting team, I think, just coming to their own in the 2019 season. And hopefully they can get that core back and continue where they left off. Fourth quarter, if there was any one team you wanted to see. In 2019, it was the Alouettes. Didn't matter how far back they were. They were worth the, the view. Ottawa Red Blacks, they are right now struggling because they have an impasse between their general manager, Desjardins, and their quarterback, Arbuckle. Arbuckle potentially, according to reports on third down or three down nation, I should say, could make with bonuses 490000 this year. I'm sure the Red Blacks are saying, uh-uh, they're probably pushing for a 20% pay cut. Most of the other quarterbacks have ballparked around 10%. And as we mentioned before, Arbuckle doesn't have a lot of starts under his belt as a CFL quarterback. So there are some questions there of, is he the marquee franchise quarterback? Uh, what's he going to develop into in the next couple of years? It's, it's kind of a key time for him. And if they can't work out the right money now, it could be trouble down the road. I wonder if Ottawa could come to Arbuckle and say, look, take a shave right now. Let's let's cut 100, 125 off your salary this year. But let's give it back to you next year. Let's, when we know that 
we're going to be full scad and everything's back to normal. So I I don't know if that's unreasonable. I don't know what Riley and and uh, Mitchell did in BC and Edmund, or Calgary respectively because those were the two biggest contracts that are out there. They took cuts. Did that money get deferred? I don't completely understand how they played that out. I don't understand either, Don, but I do think that Arbuckle is in a little different situation because if he tries to bet on himself this year and for whatever reason, maybe it's a new you know, offense, uh, something that's gone in place, he may not reap the rewards that maybe a, a Riley does with more experienced offensive people around him and the ability to build on. Arbuckle with Ottawa doesn't have the tools around him that some of those other quarterbacks have, in my opinion. Well, you can't bet on yourself unless you play. So if you don't play, <laughs> you have no film to go around and show. The other problem that he has is Mazzoli's out there in front of him. And that makes it really tough. And there aren't many teams that need a starting quarterback right now. In fact, the one place he's at is where they do. Right. So what are the ramifications if he says no to a pay cut? I'm not really familiar with it. If he says, no, I've got my, my bonus structure in place. I'm going to make 450 k this year. And Ottawa says we're not willing to pay that. Where do they leave it? Ottawa can cut them. That's and that's the one of the downsides that there is no real guaranteed money beyond the bonus that you get in your contract. That's it. Remember that they do have Dominic Davis as well, and he was their starter for a period of time. He showed some flashes, but really didn't do an extended job of succeeding and that might be based again on on a young team that's building he's got a quarterback friendly coach and I kind of think that's got to play into your mind whether you're Davis or whether you're Arbuckle because we know that that coach brings good things out of his quarterbacks absolutely and Arbuckle uh, if he chooses to re-up and and, uh, take a cut I think we could see some good things from him if he chooses not to, I think he's going to end up as a backup somewhere in the league again. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and as we mentioned, Mazzoli is the big question mark floating around out there right now. If he's not willing to, to budge on that contract, Ottawa looks at it and thinks, well, we know what Mazzoli can do. We kind of know what Arbuckle can do. And if Mazzoli can find a number that they're happy with, you're right. He could be scrambling for a backup job here in a couple of months, hoping to land somewhere. To their credit, Ottawa has signed a few of their bigger names. Timothy Flanders, R.J. Harris are now under contract. Michael Cote, Sherrod Baltimore, Avery Ellis. He's a cog in that defense that they need, and they are very happy, I'm sure, that they've got him back. Ottawa, there's always that thought that maybe the nucleus is still strong enough that if you just put the right people around them, you can perform better. And I'm sure they look back to their own expansion year in their second year and saw the drastic improvement that happened then. You kind of wonder if maybe they're thinking that if we get enough of the key people back that we can fill it in and we'll be all right. I do think the case right now is Arbuckle's contract remains up in the air, so they probably don't know how much money they have to distribute amongst the players that they had previously. If they can get that resolved one way or the other, then they'll be able to move forward and I would think resign a number of these players. Well, we'll see what Lapalise gets to work with, and there's still a couple weeks left. Anything can happen in those last two weeks. CFL players all wear a face mask for safety. With COVID-19 on our field, we also need to wear our masks to keep everyone safe. 
Do your part. Be a team player. Toronto Argonauts, there's a team that has gone out and they, they pretty much have brought back everybody that they signed in free agency last year, save a couple names. And here, here's another quarterback that's out there, Bethel Thompson, could come into the mix somewhere depending upon what other quarterbacks want. If they can't settle with Mazzoli, do you bring Bethel Thompson across to Ottawa as well? Well, they haven't come to terms with Nichols either because they're trying to get his contract renegotiated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've kind of hit it that Ottawa and Toronto are the, the quarterback question marks right now. That's where we could see some movement in free agency as far as quarterbacks go. I think everybody else has reworked those contracts and are pretty happy with what they've got moving forward. So it'll be a, a fascinating couple of weeks to see if there is some movement or maybe they come to terms and go with what they've got. A couple of the names that are sitting there for Toronto unsigned yet, uh, in my mind, are Chris Aki and uh, Bola Combo. And we had talked about Craig Rowe on previous episodes as well as a guy that signed in Toronto and never got a chance to play a game there yet, and they haven't got him re-upped. Those are all, I think, vital cogs for Toronto if they want to continue to build again uh, a, a relatively new team with people together. They, they didn't experience a lot of success, but they, they, I think, have a nucleus that they can build upon if they're able to bring those people back. And they've got a rookie head coach. Dinwiddie is, this is his first go-around as a head coach. He, yeah, they, they picked up Breskison. He's back in the fold. They've uh, Creston Butler, who used to play for the Riders. He's there. They're starting to put the pieces back together. So I think Toronto quarterback is going to be the big question there, as Heath pointed out. They've got it decide if they want nickels or not i think they have more or less wedded themselves to it but the contract has got to move i think he's due 430 i'm sure they don't want to pay that and i think that was one of the things that hurt toronto last uh, in 2019 realistically as well was they struggled at finding their identity at quarterback they had lots of weapons out there bethel thompson had some flashes here and there but wasn't a solid performer you bring in somebody like nickels who's been branded as a game manager as opposed to the the strong arm putting up 40 points kind of guy. Is that the stability that they are maybe looking for right now and, and getting some of that consistency? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. And like I said, we'll, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks with, with quarterbacks that are floating around between Ottawa and Toronto. Both of those quarterbacks you mentioned, Heath, are, are not uh, that young either. So I think if they're able to find someone who is younger, if Arbuckle's out there, it might be an option to start building a team around him. When you sign a quarterback... Is it because you can win with him or because of him? And if you can win because of him, then you know you've got your quarterback. Agreed. Hamilton Tiger Cats, the uh, defending Eastern champions, have uh, made some big-time signings in the last few days. (laughs) The strong keep getting stronger, yeah. Very impressive signings. Simone Lawrence, we've talked about being a key on that defense again, just signed, and uh, I think he will be... Uh, one of the outstanding defensive players in the league once again. When you put some of the offensive signings that they've had as well, I think they're going to be right back at the top of the CFL in terms of a team to beat. They still have some work to do on the offensive line. They've Chris Van Zyl is back in the fold, but they still have a couple of people like Mike Filer and Darius Siraco haven't signed just yet. You can't leave too many days going by without getting your O-line because... You've got to protect the quarterback, whomever they settle on ultimately, which we kind of think they're, if Mazzoli goes F.A., that means that he's not their man. Yeah, a couple other weapons still. Devere Posey hasn't signed yet. Um, a little bit of a surprise. Obviously, as we mentioned, Simone Lawrence was the big news today 
I think um, it was a, a tweet that I saw earlier on today that kind of went, now we've got something to talk about with Hamilton tonight, and uh, and here we are. But Mazzoli is definitely a big question mark. Uh, we've we've kind of talked about it a couple times already here, and uh, we're just waiting to see what happens with him, where he ends up going. If he does not sign with Hamilton, who do you foresee coming across to be the backup? Well, Hamilton already has a backup in place. That's not the issue. The issue is if they want that extra experience, then you want to get Mazzoli back in the fold. I don't know. I guess if you go with Evans, are you going to put a raw rookie behind him? In the CFL, a quarterback-driven league, if your quarterback goes down and you're relying on one young person, we've seen it happen in Ottawa when Dominic Davis did get injured and they didn't have a quarterback behind him per se, they start struggling. Yeah, I think this is where Bethel Thompson might come into play. Right? Mm-hmm. He is not signed in Toronto right now. And if Mazzoli is not coming back to Hamilton, McLeod Bethel Thompson might be that guy. Give Kevin Glenn a call. Who knows what he's up to these days? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I think we're past that. No, no, no. No. Uh, Hayden Moore is the one quarterback that they have extended. I don't know that necessarily a rookie is a bad thing at quarterback. You look back to Ricky Ray and how he started in the league. There, uh, Anthony Calvillo. There are rookies that hit the hit the floor running. So I don't know. It's just the questions they've got to get out there so you can find out. That's always been one of my arguments. I'm sure there have been guys that could have been fantastic quarterbacks in the CFL that just never got the chance. Right? You see guys that, as that second or third stringer on the sidelines all season never get the chance to play, and then they're one and done. Away they go. Um, same thing in the NFL, right? I know Arizona Cardinals, for example, Matt Leinart is a guy that comes to mind. Drafted very highly touted, never really got that chance to play. They moved on in a different direction and you never heard from them again. Many of those young quarterbacks, if they get with the right offensive coordinator, can either sink or swim. And so you get with the right one, you're going to have success and potentially build a career around that. If you are in a team that's struggling, doesn't have the targets around, or the offense doesn't build on the strengths of the quarterback, then it can definitely impact their career, especially in the CFL, a win-now league. Well, look at Taylor Haneke, the the quarterback for Washington in their playoff game. Winnipeg had him on their negotiation list. In fact, they were close to signing him in 2019, and it didn't work out. He goes in, makes a name for himself in that playoff game. It's It's a fickle world. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I'm sure there's countless quarterbacks that never really got that chance. They're behind one of those veteran guys, and uh, time was not on their side. I think there's too much of a predilection with coaches is to go with what you know. If you've seen somebody play in college, or if you've seen somebody with another team that you were with that you liked, then they tend to, to gravitate toward them. And the risk-taking just isn't there because there's so much on the line all the time, nobody wants to take a chance. And I think that's where the problem is. If there was a little bit more latitude, I think you'd see a lot more rookie quarterback potential. This year we may see that in a few places if if some of the veteran quarterbacks don't take the pay cuts that they need to take to help their teams out. Before we leave Hamilton, Frankie Williams is another name that sticks out to me as a person that they need to re-sign because he's the anchor on the other side with Delvin Bro. That that was a pretty much a shutdown defense. It wasn't their fault that Hamilton lost the Grey Cup to Winnipeg in 2019. One last name for me, Larry Dean, I think as a linebacker, would be a great 
compliments if you can put him again with Simone Lawrence. Now we go into Heath's backyard and Winnipeg. I just want to start by saying last time we talked, Winnipeg really had done nothing. But, oh my goodness, I am so impressed with the signings they've made, Heath. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because you're on our program tonight. I, uh, I, I think they've done a fantastic job of re-signing and, and setting a tone. It looks like they're all coming back. They're taking the cuts that are required so that they can take a run at the Grey Cup once again. Yeah, I think last time we spoke, uh, Jamarcus Hardrick had just re-signed and he was the only signing on Winnipeg at that point in time. I was kind of joking the next day they went out and signed backup quarterback Sean McGuire. So it was a slow trickle and then the floodgates opened. Um, one of the things we, we really focused on was that they needed to work on was offensive line and they have got everybody back. And that is a huge key, best offensive line in the league as far as running the ball went in 2019. They got all of those guys back. They got the running back again. Um, Harris is back for another run in Winnipeg. They've put that, that team back together. And uh, as we mentioned, they were really working on renegotiating contracts with with Big Hill and... Kolaris. Uh, um, thank you. Yeah. And Kolaris and, and Willie Jefferson to kind of free up some of that money. And, and everybody has bought into the system in Winnipeg. They feel they've got a great chance to run it back and they are all putting pen to paper. To me, one of the only things that could impede them is if Kolaris gets injured in the season... I'm not sure that it would be the same team without him. Having a whole year off to rest and heal up all those things that were nagging at him before, he might come out and, and be uh, lights out. And having that full offensive line back that, I mean, he got four games with, but they've played a lot together and are really solid. As far as the free agents that haven't signed with Winnipeg yet, Janarian Grant, Kenny Lawler, and Lucky Whitehead, they've got three receivers out there. Julian uh, Fialo-Gadino as well. So four, four receivers. As far as I'm concerned, Grant and Whitehead are kind of two sides to the same coin. Great return guys and can kind of give you that downfield threat to take some pressure off of Darvin Adams. I would be really surprised if they get both of them back. From what I've seen on social media, Whitehead seems pretty committed. Uh, I'm not sure about Grant, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if Lucky Whitehead is back with Winnipeg and Grant may end up somewhere else. They also got their kicker, Justin Metlock, who is not uh, re-signed as of yet. They did sign another kicker, a draft choice. Who knows? Maybe they're moving on. I don't know. Maybe that's just a signal to Justin to get your pen out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so. I, I can't imagine them not working night and day right now to try to get Medlock back. I mean, one of the top kickers in the league for a number of years has had a few solid years in Winnipeg already, knows the team, knows the system, but you never know. When I look at receivers, you've mentioned those three, but I would even throw the national Daniel Peterman out there. He showed flashes of development. I think he's someone that they continue to build around in the future. They need to get those receivers to build upon the other ones that they do have. They've got some very talented receivers, but they finished that. I'm thinking they're the team to beat in the West right now. Do have Rashid Bailey and Nick Dembski under contract. And Darren Adams, right? He's still under contract this year. They may not be as bad off as sort of what this free agent list indicates well certainly compared to where we left them last time we talked they have done a long and very impressive job of getting a number of people back on the team one of the great things i found that they did too was you know one of their first free agent signings after hardrick last time was was jake thomas who's the longest tenured bomber right now and they really made a commitment to celebrating celebrating that bringing him back in 
Uh, Mike Miller, who's just been a special teams guy forever, same thing. So they've really done a good job of of showcasing those guys that have committed to Winnipeg and in bringing them back. So um, great job by their PR team in in celebrating some of these maybe lesser known guys, but key guys in the locker room and a big part of the team. Well, by my count, they had one signed by our last show. They've got about 19 since. So they've been busy. But, oh, yes. uh, you know, more power to them. If you can bring back that team, they won the Grey Cup with them. You know there's going to be a couple of changes, but you get yeah. the get that core back. We always talk about the core. And I would imagine that um, Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat had a few conversations back and forth because I know... Willie really wanted to stay, but he had to rework that money. And as soon as they got that stuff figured out, Jeff Coat fell right back into place too. So um, as we mentioned, the Grey Cup 2019, those two guys were lights out on, on defense and really responsible for turning the tide of that game. So to see both of them back on that defensive line, really exciting. Well, Jefferson kind of echoes what Fajardo echoes, is that his real big shot came with the CFL, and they're extremely loyal to the CFL for that. Jefferson could play in the NFL, no doubt about it. Good to see him here. I'm going to give the award for the offseason GM of the year, Kyle Walters, as far as I've seen so far. He gets that award right now. We'll see if you give that out to him in two weeks, though. <laughs> Good point. This is early. We're not done yet. Remember, for proper physical distancing... If you're close enough to shake hands, you're too close. The recommended distance in CFL terms is two yards. Don't get a no yards penalty. Make sure you stay back at least two yards to maintain proper physical distancing. We're now going to the land of the Jolly Green Giants and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who have been moderately busy since the new year began couple of big names signed. James Franklin extended, backup quarterback with the team. Uh, LJ McRae just came in. And, and of course, Swerve, Kyron Moore is back. Some big names there and some, some exciting names for the Riders. I was pleased to see those people come back. I still believe there's some work to be done. Cameron Judge is one who certainly stands out for me. I think uh, Charleston Hughes we know is currently at an impasse as well. And if they can't bring those two back, certainly Saskatchewan's defense will not be at the same level. And then you move to the defensive backfield, and their leader there, Ed Gainey, also has not signed. On defense, I think they're hurting a bit right now. And Elamimian sitting out there right now as well. So you're right, there's a lot of big pieces of that defense that have not put pen to paper yet. They did sign as a free agent Tim Williams, who comes highly touted, and that may be the reason why they're not moving so fast with Hughes. It's just my speculation, but Jeremy O'Day has to decide. They have signed actually three defensive linemen as free agents. He would be a big loss to the team. I would put him right up there with the ends in Winnipeg as being the top ends in the league. And I think if he leaves the team, it's going to definitely impact the pass rush of Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which was quite effective last year with him in place. I think the Riders are better with him than without. I don't know the talent that's coming in. Freddie Bishop played in Toronto. He's here. It's a question mark, too. The kickers, neither one of them has signed. You've got Lowther and you've got John Ryan, both unsigned. And so what do you do there? Maybe they're going hard after Medlock. Possible. You can't yet, but yeah, you could. <laughs> Medlock hit, hits the open market. I think that would solve 
the lack of kicker right now. I do wonder if John Ryan will come back. Uh, I know two years out, the Riders will be holding the Grey Cup, and, and it might be coming back, but he's also getting to the end of his career, I think, as, an, as a punter. Well, I mean... He's in his late 30s, but Bob Cameron kicked till he was like 65. So, oh no, no, no. you're you're exaggerating. He was at least he was at least 70. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there there might be some life left in that leg. Well, the the condition that John Ryan is in, I think there's plenty of life left in that leg. He he did have that cancer scare. He's worked through that. He's trying his way through the NFL to see if there's still a contract out there. I don't think there is going to be one for him. So that means coming back to Ryderville, if if that means it. And I don't think he'd be that disappointed being back with the Rough Riders. They, they came, you know, within a crossbar of being in the Grey Cup. No, I agree. I think he's pretty loyal. Saskatchewan boy, right? Wants to get back. And, and if he gets two or three more years as the punter for the Rough Riders, I think that's a great way to finish off a, a fantastic career. Calgary Stampeders. They have started to make some moves. Markeith Ambles right at the uh, New Year's clock striking, and then they follow that up with Kamar Jordan, another receiver who, remember, he blew out his knee so badly, kept their faith with him and have signed him on again, so he will be 100% by the time he comes back. Royce Mechie, another player that they had brought in a couple years ago, now he's back with the team. They're starting to put the pieces together. They're big question marks still are defensive line. They still have to figure out that pass rush and that... I was surprised they've they've signed a lot of people since we last spoke, but there's still a number to sign. And, and Calgary, I think, has traditionally done a good job of keeping the people that they have and building upon them. And the next man up mentality has worked very well for them. I wouldn't be surprised to see a number of these players still resign in Calgary. Well, you talk about loyalty in Calgary and assigning Jameer Thurman came back and he had played in the NFL, but he had been with the Stampeders in 17 and 18 and was outstanding. And now he's back with the team technically as a free agent, but he's, he, where did he go? Yeah. Eric Rogers is one that's on the, the list right now that hasn't resigned. It's a bit of a surprise for me, pretty outstanding receiver, a big weapon for them. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him be in the next name that uh, that comes off that list and gets re-signed. Winton McManus, linebacker. I'm curious about him too. Uh, in fact, outside of Thurman, they haven't really signed much in the way of linebackers right now. I mean, I know they were frustrated with their defense. Are they going to just gut it and come back with something new? To me, that's a big risk. I think, again, they've got some solid players there you know, they, they they weren't the defense we've seen traditionally out of Calgary, but I think you've got pieces in place that you can build upon. And unless they are going to gut it, uh, which would make it quite interesting because I, I don't see the people they have stepping up in, into the position and, and succeeding as they have in the past with when the next person steps in, if they gut it. I'm talking about the guys in the box, like your, your defensive linemen and your linebackers. That seems to be where all the turnover is happening. The secondary, they've pretty much kept it intact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things we mentioned when we were talking about teams' needs, Calgary had six free agent linebackers on that list. They've re-signed one right now. So I think you're right, Don. Linebacker might be something that they're looking to completely overhaul. And uh, there's going to be four or five of these guys maybe hitting the open market and some new guys stepping in. Let's turn up the uh, number two and go north to Edmonton. And the Edmonton football team, a couple of names that really stand out to me that haven't been signed. 
Not that I guess maybe it's a surprise, but Amondo Siwo? Jovan Santos Knox? Couple of good defenders right there. Vontae Diggs is another one. You can look at Justin Tuggle too. We've spoke about a, a Suell in the past, and he is a monster on the interior of the line. And, and if he's not back, they're going to need to find someone. Curiously, Antonio Pipkin is still unsigned by Edmonton. I was just going to mention that too. There's a backup quarterback spot. Maybe somebody else can slip right in there. Well, Milanovic is good with quarterbacks. I think there's another place. If you want to land, that's a great place to be. Kilgore's another one. Both their backups really haven't signed, so... Yeah. So much like Calgary, do you think Edmonton's kind of inching towards a defense overhaul here as well? Could very well be. Again, it's a new coaching staff, right? So they're going to put their own stamp on it, and Milanovic has... I think Edmonton will look a lot different on defense. And then, of course, the other name that's sitting out there, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, but Greg Allenson. Who knows? Maybe he goes back to Ottawa. I don't know talented receiver i think he's someone they could build upon but at the same point uh if if they feel they have other people in place maybe he is able to hit the free agent market and and determine what his value is and may end up back in edmonton or potentially as you say don explore returning to where he's been or other teams i'm sure would be open to looking at him i don't know what it was with his tenure in edmonton but i don't think he quite elevated to the same level he was when he was in ottawa and sometimes that other that uh, that different look, you bring a guy in with high hopes and it doesn't quite pan out. Maybe Edmonton's not that keen on, on bringing him back, but I don't think he's done. I think he's got some potential left and he'll fit in somewhere. But I would not be surprised if Edmonton moves on from him. I get the feeling that Ellingson was distracted by events in Ottawa when he left. I think if, you, if you're Ottawa, if you're Toronto, I think this is a guy you're probably really interested in. Maybe even BC because he knew the coach there too. Another name that stands out to me, I, I thought he had some flashes of brilliance when he was able to play in running back was Shaq Cooper. They haven't signed him. Brandon Burks, also a running back out there. Um, you know, they, they maybe are looking in a different direction there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they at least brought one of the two back. Well, and Sir Vincent Rogers, he just really hasn't played a down yet for that team. Do they want to invest in him after all or not? Offensive line is always something you want to shore up, and especially left tackle. So we'll see if they come for a defensive overhaul and and get those pieces, or if some of those will hit the market, we'll be talking about them. If you want to land anywhere, British Columbia is probably the place you want to be. There's not a big list of signings in BC right now. They're the new Winnipeg. (laughs) So as we say this, (laughs) tomorrow Brian Burnham will drop. The, the next day, Kenny Ladler will drop, and we'll start seeing the dominoes fall. Yeah, they do have a lot of big pieces out there. Again, uh, Micah Johnson has been a dominant force at times in this league, and he's also out there. Um, Joe Figueroa. Figueroa. Sorry, I'm having trouble with that one. <laughs> Figueroa, thank you. Yeah, and John White, the running back, is still sitting there too. Like I said, we, we might see some movement here quick in the next few days. Or BC might be that place that's got money to burn when it comes to some of these other guys hitting the open market. Again, a team that finished last. How much of that previous lineup do you want to maintain? Again, a team with a new coaching staff. 
they want to put their own stamp on things again. So it's a, a new GM, well, co-GM situation in British Columbia. I'm sure there's going to be movement. Free agents like Anthony Chiaffi, who came back to the CFL, he didn't sign back with Ottawa. He signed with BC and going back to the coach that he knew. Yeah, I think Brian Burnham's the key right now of the unsigned free agents with BC. I think, you know, Riley's going to want him there. They've got a couple of other receivers signed, but he is kind of the the heartbeat of that receiving core. Would not be surprised if he's the one that they really target. There are a few other pieces for sure that would be nice to sign, but you're right, if it's time to overhaul that last place team, there's going to be some guys here that are on the outside looking in. I certainly agree with you, Heath, in terms of Brian Burnham. I think he is one of the premier receivers in our league and to me, the face of BC Lions. Uh, I've gone through the highlight packages. When you go back and watch the top catches, Brian Burnham is almost always consistently in the top 10. Rick Campbell's got to make a decision, right? He was He's never coached him before. He, when a guy hits his prime, he doesn't have a big window, and if they feel that he's passed it, are they scared to, to sign him? If he hits the free agent market, I would predict that all teams are going to take a shot at him if they've got any kind of cap room. And that raises the bigger question, right? Every team is is working to the bottom end of what they're allowed to spend on players. We've talked about guys taking chances on themselves. There isn't going to be money come February. There just isn't. Unless you're maybe BC, who hasn't signed many people. Or Ottawa. Then who who else is going to pay? The league is trying to be fiscally responsible. They've made it clear that they're going to the bottom. And thus, I think the players, if we go back to Heath's initial question that he's posed some time ago is, do do you sign on now or do you wait? I'm not sure there's going to be a lot of opportunity for these players who wait too long. The top five guys, I think, are going to still have a shot. The Brian Burnhams of the world, I think, no matter where they go, if they hit free agency, will have a shot at at making a a decent wage. But I'm not sure beyond that that others will. Kind of mentioned before, you've got some of these veteran guys that maybe aren't the the all-star caliber but have been quality players for a long time. Is this the end for them? Are they not going to get that look? Are they not going to get that extra little bit of cash that they're hoping to find? And they're going to be uh, kind of left out in the cold here when, when all of the money gets spent. You're, you're, even though you're a six or seven year vet, you're probably going to wind up start making less because that's just the nature of the beast as it is now. Could also see whether or not the XFL moves forward. There may be some opportunities for players out there as well. There's a few talented players in that league that may start looking and, and uh, you know, I think there's going to be an opportunity for teams to pick up some guys who went to the NFL, tried it this year, maybe didn't see the field and will be looking for opportunities to showcase their talents as well. The XFL, I know it's coming in 2022, XFL 3 or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I don't see them as a threat. Their schedule is so different than everybody else's that they're drafting while the CFL is playing. There's a natural rhythm between when the NFL starts and stops, when the CFL starts and stops, they, they overlap nicely, but the XFL's in the middle of nowhere. We've spoken before about those diamonds in the rough as well coming out of college. Some have been playing, so they're, they're certainly known quantities, but there are a number of players out there who haven't had the opportunity, both in Canada and the United States, to showcase their talents this year. The general managers who do a great job of recruiting are going to be able to find some quality players that they may be able to plug some of the holes that they have. Given the number of schools that play Division One and Division Two in the United States, U-Sport in Canada, how many players are coming available every year out of college? It's a lot. There isn't a lack of talent pool out there. It's finding the people you need to fit.
and and I think Pat hit the nail on the head. There are going to be a lot of kind of unknowns. You're going to be taking a gamble on teams. Ohio State made it to the national championship game and played had played seven games previous. There's a lot of guys that didn't get a lot of games in, so you're struggling to find tape. Scouting is going to be very important. If you've got somebody that has done their homework south of the border and scoured some of these lesser-known colleges, they might find some fantastic steals to bring back up here to the CFL. Some of the players and leagues with COVID, you, you got different players who hit the field, who maybe showed something that they would not have an opportunity to do in a, in a regular season when there is no COVID. There's players who either hit the field or there's some who maybe didn't hit the field because of, with COVID, the opportunity to not really know by looking at the film what the player can do is going to, I think, put some very interesting people out there who want to get in, show what they're capable of, and will take a shot at the CFL. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio worth watching.